Hi there, my name is Andrea, and I've been involved with the Catholic Nursing Mothers League for a few years now. I have three kids. My oldest is almost seven, and I also have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. I've been nursing since the day my oldest was born. He's now weaned, but I'm still nursing my two youngest kids. When my oldest was born, I practiced more cultural breastfeeding. I didn't even know what ecological breastfeeding was. It wasn't even on my radar. And when he was about a year old, I discovered ecological breastfeeding. And I used it with him from that point on and also with my other two kids. So I have a perspective of what it's like both ways, both types of breastfeeding. When I was asked to do a podcast, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to talk about, but I decided to share just my favorite parts of ecological breastfeeding. Um, my favorite, most important part has been what it's taught me about mothering, more specifically how important it is to be available to my kids. This concept of being available has really transferred into all aspects of my parenting in various ways and has become a foundation for our family. It stayed with us even as my children grow and wean, as their needs change, as we move into different seasons of life, um, homeschooling and different things. So with that said, there's seven standards of ecological breastfeeding. And the last one, number seven, is to avoid separation with your baby. This standard, I think, should really be number one because without it, none of the other standards are possible. Um, we've really embraced this standard in our family. And for me, there's I've seen so many advantages to having quantity time with my kids. Instead of scheduling my life away, and kind of being busy with this or that and doing this chore and those things and then stopping and fitting my kids in when I can, I've kind of flipped it and done the opposite. I've really tried to make sure other things don't interfere with being available to my kids. But for me, it's really gone beyond just, you know, following the rule and the standard and being around to I want to be emotionally present with my kids as well. You can be in the same room with someone but not really there. So I have to be careful that while being physically present is important and is a tool that can help us be emotionally present, it doesn't automatically come. So I've had to work on that myself. There were a lot of times, especially in stressful periods of life with little ones, that I found myself kind of doing things, whether it be cleaning or spending time on the internet or watching TV, whatever it may be, that I was using that as a way to escape from my children and my family and my responsibilities because I was so overwhelmed and stressed out. The truth was I wasn't really embracing my vocation as a mother. I wanted to avoid it instead. So I've had to work on that. And a couple ways I've done that is limiting my activities, whether inside or outside the home. 
And when there is something I have to get done, I try to remember to pray before I start. And I'm not always perfect at this. There's lots of times that I forget. But usually I just try to get my myself in that place mentally where I'm preparing myself for interruptions. And so then when it, interruptions come, I'm not frustrated or stressed or, you know, getting angry um, and tempted to sin that way. It hasn't been easy. It's definitely not convenient, but that's kind of what I've learned is important. It means putting aside my own desires, dying to myself, laying down my life for my kids, and really respecting them as an equal human being. When I shifted from cultural breastfeeding to ecological breastfeeding, Basically, the only major change was my attitude. Yes, I was nursing more frequently and all of that, but it was really my attitude. I stopped looking at breastfeeding as a burden, as a countdown until a birthday so I could wean, as trying to do the bare minimum. I stopped focusing on how I personally felt and started looking at my baby. Um, how happy and content he was when I finally gave in and nursed him. So suddenly it stopped being about me anymore, and that's really when it turned into an act of love, and I started to understand how, you know, the empathy for my child, that even if I didn't enjoy it, he did, and that's how he felt loved. So when I made that change with my attitude, ecological breastfeeding became rewarding. Even though it was just as difficult to nurse and demanding on my own body and, you know, you have those feelings where you're tired of being touched or you just feel so drained and tired or whatever it is, um, those things didn't change. But instead of focusing on that, I focused on the love and my child's reaction, and that made it all worth it for me. To give a different example and kind of explain that a little bit more, there's so many times when I've had something on my mind and bothering me, and I've gone to my husband to discuss it or to lean on him, and at times he was very indifferent to my problems because the issue wasn't important to him. And when that has happened, it's been really hurtful to me. I just wanted somebody, you know, to listen to me and validate my feelings. And he was very dismissive. And I've come to realize that that's what I was doing to my own son every time I denied him his right to breastfeed. I think it's really easy to be dismissive of our kids because, you know, we're the adults. We're in charge we make the rules in our home, and we're looking at the world from an adult perspective and not a child's. And I think a lot of the abortion and anti-life movement has really actually infiltrated our parenting as a culture, and we don't even realize it. Um, but think about abortion and euthanasia. It's all about saying that one human's needs and rights are less important than another's. And it's the weak and the vulnerable that we prey on because we can. So I noticed I could definitely be guilty of pulling rank, so to speak, when it came to my kids. 
instead of really caring for my kids by viewing them as God's children, you know, you say that, that yes, they belong to God, but do we really live that out? And I found that sometimes that I wasn't. I mean, if God was standing right next to me, would I be treating my kids the same way? Probably not a lot of times. So that's something that I've had to work on for me. And I've really tried to be conscious of this temptation and make sure as much as I can and as much as possible that I'm not overwhelmed with life to the point I'm sacrificing my own kids' needs. Because, you know, at the end of the day, getting our kids to heaven should be our ultimate goal. And if we don't have a strong relationship with our kids and they don't trust us and they don't know that they can come to us when they need us, um, we might be undermining our goal of trying to get them into heaven. And that can work against us. Something that I've seen with other families is that when you put your kids on the back burner, especially over the years as the kids grow and the teen years, those kids will often seek out that attention and love and intimacy from other people, usually peers. And you know, when the family isn't there for them, then it can be the blind leading the blind and your child caring more about what their peers think than what their parents think or what God wants them to do. So even though it's difficult and a sacrifice now, ecological breastfeeding has really helped remind me of what parenting is all about and how important our vocation as parents is. And the ecological breastfeeding just created this habit of being available. Um, and teaching me to, you know, put my kids as a priority in my life because we can't always predict when our kids will need us. And if we start saying no all the time, then maybe they'll just stop coming to us at all, you know, throughout the years as they grow. And that's definitely not what we want to teach them. Another way ecological breastfeeding has helped me get in tune with my kids is when you use it, you have to be paying attention to all the little things your baby is trying to tell you. You're reading body language, you're listening for the first sign of fussiness, um, you're really anticipating and on alert all the time. You're picking up on new things or little things that are different. It's kind of like when one of your kids is getting sick and there's no real obvious sign they're sick, but you pick up on something being a little off, then sure enough, that night or the next day, they're full-blown sick and you were right. So it's kind of really helped foster that mother's intuition you hear about and bring it to the next level. Also, when you continuously meet your kids' needs, it builds trust and communication. And it's not that those things can't happen at all if you're not ecological breastfeeding, it's just on this other level. It's more intimate. I would also relate it to, like, if you forget to wear your wedding ring one day um, and you keep touching your finger and noticing that it's gone and you feel a little lost without it, that's kind of how you just feel throughout the whole day. Like, especially, like, when they start walking and getting a little bit older um, and as they grow and wean, um, you're just kind of always aware of their presence. 
because, you know, as they get older, they're not as physically close to you all the time as they are when they're a baby in your arms nursing. Um, but you're still really aware of your kids. You know, have a sense of where they are in the house. You hear their noises. You notice when it's too quiet. And, you know, that intuition is heightened. And, you know, you just get this urge to check in on them at times um, because of it. Another thing that I've really enjoyed about ecological breastfeeding, as opposed to the cultural breastfeeding that I used to do, um, is when I practiced cultural breastfeeding, I was really stressed out all the time. I felt really unsure. I knew that I wasn't giving my baby everything he needed, but I wasn't sure what was missing or how to fix it. And I just lacked that confidence in myself. There were times that I would take other people's advice or read books or listen to a doctor or whatever it may be and I would try these different techniques with my kid and none of them worked and it was really frustrating. I felt like I should just automatically know what to do as a mom. So when I started ecological breastfeeding it really was the answer for me. Instead of just magically knowing what to do or what schedule to follow, all I needed to do was really pay attention and zone in on my baby. I needed to be with them, be around them, watching what's going on with them, how they're reacting, what they're communicating with body language or verbally. And then after I did that, all I had to do was respond. And when using ecological breastfeeding, the majority of the time, the appropriate response was nursing. Um, before, I would try all these different things, um, you know, objects, swings, car rides, <laughs> toys, um, checking all these different things, swaddling, you know, the list goes on and on, and none of them helped. They just, he just wanted to nurse. And so just by implementing that idea of offering the breast and trying it, even if it wasn't supposed to be time yet, um, it really took a lot of the guesswork out for me and eliminated a lot of the stress and fussiness in my child and in my life. And so you might listen to that and say, well, it wasn't ecological breastfeeding per se, but just that's a normal reaction when you have your first child trying to figure everything out. And I can honestly say that I'm confident it wasn't that because there was actually a specific day where I consciously told myself I was going to start nursing on cue and practicing ecological breastfeeding. And the day that I started, the relationship with my child immediately that day did a complete turnaround. It was really day and night. I went from a really fussy, almost colicky child to a happier, more content baby. He had actually been sucking his thumb from about three months old on, and that day when he was around a year old, when I started ecological breastfeeding, he stopped sucking his thumb and never did it ever again. And so I realized that he had been replacing nursing with thumb sucking. And, but even the thumb sucking wasn't completely doing it because he would still cry and be fussy. And so if only I had known about ecological breastfeeding 
from his birth, it would have avoided a lot of stress and emotional torment for the both of us. So when you have an unhappy baby, you have an unhappy mom. Um, and fortunately, I was able to do things different with my other two kids, but I can't go back with my oldest. But still, it was really a life-changing shift to go from the cultural breastfeeding to ecological. Going back to the concept of quantity time for our family, um, I just found with ecological breastfeeding that I got more on-the-job experience. I mean, if you think about any job you've had, someone who's been on the job for years, generally speaking, is more knowledgeable, faster, more efficient than someone who just started. Um, so we need time with our babies to get to know them and what they need. And ecological breastfeeding really helped me get to know my kids on a more intimate level more quickly than if I were fighting an uphill battle because there was a lot of separation with us. All of that said, ecological breastfeeding can be incredibly difficult and trying. I think a lot of moms look at the seven standards and get scared off, honestly. It can really be completely different from what we're used to in our culture. They are high standards. Sometimes they seem impossible, especially if you're new to ecological breastfeeding and you already have other kids in the home or you're homeschooling or have high needs or special needs kids or dealing with your own unique circumstances. It can seem impossible to actually implement ecological breastfeeding, but if you are one of those people who are practicing ecological breastfeeding and feel God is calling you to practice it, and you really question your decision in the hard moments, I really urge you to know that you're not alone. Don't get sucked into comparing yourself to other moms or other families. When I was a new mom with a newborn, I thought that if I just stopped breastfeeding, all of my problems would be solved. And I was only practicing cultural breastfeeding at that point. But I thought I'd be getting more sleep. I wouldn't be worried about how often to nurse if I wasn't making enough milk. I just thought it would solve everything, and I could have I could have gone that way. I could have said enough is enough and just weaned. But I went the other way instead, and I'm really glad that I did because it helped our relationship in a way that I know wouldn't have been possible without it. But it is hard. It has been difficult. Breastfeeding, especially ecological breastfeeding, has really been the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. There are times when I have failed and when I'm just too tired, too tapped out, and I said no for a while. So if you have those moments, don't think you're alone. There are plenty of us ecological breastfeeding moms that have those moments. We all struggle. But you know, you just dust your feet off and you get back up and you try again. And that's what it means to follow God. We all fail at times, but we're called to continually take up our cross daily, hourly, minute by minute when you're dealing with little ones. We're supposed to share the love that God has given us with other people and make our lives oriented to service. You hear the saying that it's better to give than receive, but in our culture, you don't really see many people really living that out in their lives. Sometimes you can even have people who are hostile when you do, and they try to get you to hop on their bus. 
you know, I've had that happen to me. I've had so many comments like, don't you need me time? You know, you need a break. You don't have to be a martyr. And in my head, I'm thinking, well, martyrs went to heaven, so that's not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> but it is hard. And I've had that peer pressure and the cultural influence that I've had to resist. I do know some moms in real life who practice cultural breastfeeding, and I've had more than one of those moms make the same comment to me, and which is something like, I missed the breaks when I was nursing. That was nice. And the moms who would make this comment to me usually weaned their kids when they were about a year old. And so what I inferred from that, and I could be wrong, was once their kids... Once their kid's year was up, there was this big shift in their responsiveness to their kids, and they essentially moved on with their lives and felt like they had put in enough time. And I even felt that there may have been an undertone in some of these comments that said, you know, you're being lazy for spending so much time nursing your kids when there's so much else to do. Um, and I don't know, that just really wasn't the attitude I wanted to take on with my kids. So I actually, it actually encouraged me to continue on in my ecological breastfeeding path. And some people are well-intentioned when they make comments like that to you. And I think some people like feel sorry for us. Um, maybe they don't take joy in their vocation as mothers and they think that you're just continuously suffering, serving your family and they're trying to give you a break. Um, but a lot of times it does feel like we're alone practicing ecological breastfeeding. And personally, I found support online, but I don't know any other person in real life who practices it. And so it can be isolating and has its struggles. But again, all these other advantages that I've seen make it worth it for me. But I hope I'm setting a good example for my kids. It's hard to see if we're impacting our kids when they're young and in the nursing stage. But then I think about what my kids will be like when they're older. You know, reflecting on my own youth and my own teen years, teens hate hypocrisy. They hate it when you tell, when you tell them to do something when you're guilty of the same thing yourself. And they usually don't respond well to do as I say and not as I do. And I've seen firsthand in my own family that I'm more effective with teaching my kids different virtues if I'm in a good place spiritually with those same virtues myself. So I'm hoping I'm laying a foundation and setting an example of how we're supposed to lay down our lives for each other as Jesus did for us. Sometimes we try to set that example in different ways, um, such as volunteering or working away from our kids with something we're passionate about. But if we haven't met our kids' needs first, there's a chance that we're trying to te- what we're trying to teach them is going to go out the window because they're sitting at home resentful and missing us. So again, this is where I've intentionally limited activities outside the home or away from my kids until they can truly handle it. So I want to close with a little quote that I recently heard. Um, I was actually driving home one night and I turned it to our Catholic radio station and it was um, a talk from Father Larry Richards. 
So I looked up the name of the talk, and it was from his book called Surrender. Um, and it was from the second chapter of that audiobook titled How to Be a Great Lover. And you can download this talk for about $2 on his website. And the website is thereasonforhope.org. Um, so if you're interested and you like this quote and you want to hear a little bit more, you can go there and download it from Father Larry Richards. So, quoting Father Larry Richards, he says, When Mary had conceived the God of the universe inside of her, what was the first thing she did? Make haste, and went to take care of Elizabeth. She had to go up and down mountains, whatever. She took care of somebody else first, before she took care of herself. Isn't that amazing? You see? You see how different it is in the world? So when you're discerning God's will, it's always going to be about taking care of somebody else also, or even before yourself, always. Mary, when she said yes to God, and God blessed her abundantly, then God sent her to Elizabeth to serve Elizabeth, and Mary did it, pregnant gladly, put Elizabeth before herself. So who took care of Mary? God and Joseph. But when you put yourself last, God puts you first. That's so different than the world. End quote from Father Larry. I really found this quote from Father Larry Richards inspiring, and it really sums up what ecological breastfeeding has taught me. You know, that love is self-giving sacrifice. It's not just about following the standards for me, or going through the motions, or even trying to get the natural infertility that comes with ecological breastfeeding, although that is a great bonus, that's not the primary reason I do it. I continue to do it because it helps me get closer to my kids, and in turn, that helps me be a better mother and lead them to God better. So I'll close with that quote and let you reflect on that from Father Larry. Um, and if you were actually able to bear the sound of my voice for this long and not get completely bored out of your mind, um, why don't you leave a comment on here and let me know what your favorite part of ecological breastfeeding has been. Thanks for listening and God bless.